And we did last week Galatians 5, I think we started with verse 16, and uh, we did through the end of the chapter. And I'm going to back up and we're going to redo this. Not redo it exactly, but there's. I've been thinking about this passage almost all week, off and on, because uh, Susan presented some things for me to think about. And I uh, started thinking, you know, there's there's more to this chapter than, than I had presented. So, uh, Adrian, would you read verses 16... Through 21. We won't spend a lot of time on these verses, but they're background. Okay. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So these are the things of the flesh. Flesh is a mortality word in Hebrew. Uh, it evokes the concept that we are we are just flesh and and therefore culpable to making mistakes and sinning and and we are are uh, definitely going to die. Flesh does not live forever. So these are the works of the flesh and that Paul likes that word. I'm as she was reading this list I couldn't help but ask myself the question, how many of the, these elements apply to the Seventh-day Adventist Church? The members participating? What do you mean, yeah, what do you mean by church apply? doctrine? Or yeah, what, what are we guilty of here? Probably everything. All of them? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you go back to the way Jesus dealt with, with sin on the uh, Sermon on the Mount, that... It, just, if we did it, you, you don't head. necessarily have to actually do the outward manifestation of that. Right. that if, if, the, if the kernel, the impulse, the thing, if if you were in a situation where you could do anything you wanted, you'd never get caught, and no, there would be no adverse thing. How many of these things would would people do? The only thing that keeps them from not doing it is they're just afraid they would get caught, or that there would be some downside that they don't want to deal with. I think that there are some specific ones that are especially applicable now. Strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions. Selfish ambitions. Well, and yes. it's interesting because they're all listed just all out at the same time, which makes me think there's no hierarchy. So if we're... If we're comfortable with a little bit of anger, but sorcery we keep at a far distance, like, they should all be treated as the same, just yeah. a problematic thing. So we're all better than sorcerers, <laughs> idolaters, <laughs> people who are drunk, <laughs> people who carouse. That's kind of shocking, isn't it? Yeah. About false doctrines in our church. Well, that would be under idolatry. 
How are we to address these? So Paul Paul works on that. David, would you read verses 22 to 26? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So what is Paul's remedy for the long list? It's a longer list than the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What is his remedy? To allow the Holy Spirit to to change us, (laughs) to reflect God's It's not something we do, is it? Right. Um, This is the fruit of the Spirit. And um, I want to point out something. Well, let's actually read it. We're going to jump over chapter chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and start with verse 7. Uh, Katrina, would you read uh, Galatians 6, 7 to 10? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I I asked this to be read because this is the model Paul has has chosen for the Christian walk. It's the model that is very familiar to all of Israel because they're they're an agrarian society. They deal with agriculture. And everybody knows that what you put in the crown is what you get. So what you sow, you reap. And, And you sow to the Spirit you reap the fruit of the Spirit. You sow to the flesh, and you reap the evils of the flesh. And the reason I point this out is because this is not transactional. This is not a, a legal kind of thing where God tells you what to do and you do it. This is a whole... It's a design. It's a whole design. That's mm-hmm. that's the appropriate word. It's a whole design mechanism where where we do what actually comes naturally to us now that the Spirit is reigning supreme in our hearts. So it's, it's useless for us to try to tie on this fruit <laughs> of the Spirit. And I, the reason I came to this, I, I had come to it before, but the reason I came back to it is because uh, Susan and I had a discussion about some of the methods psychology are using like now, right now, like mindfulness and, uh, can you name some of the others? What did we talk about, though? I'm trying to think. Oh, like self-compassion. Self-compassion and, and things like that. Those are things we do to ourselves, mm-hmm. and they're not genuine. You know, like self-compassion is not genuine compassion because compa- genuine compassion is always other-centered, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 means a kind of a sacrifice of ourselves to do it. 
and and same thing with mindfulness. It's it's, uh, it's definitely the model of psychology that is a behavioral modification. Uh, the fruit of the spirit goes much deeper. The fruit of the spirit uh, it becomes a controlling influence of the life because once we love, once we've been one to love God, and, and I can't resist going to First John. Resist your temptation. No. <laughs> I'm um, kind of grateful for the psychology of, that is happening, like mindfulness and self-compassion, mm-hmm. because when you deal with people that have no spiritual foundation, it gives us some sort of starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And then you can lead them out of that into something better well, if they're willing. Think about what you're doing. It's yeah. really a thinking. It is. Be more aware of thinking right. about who you are, what right. you're doing, that sort right. of thing. And I think that's really important so, right. to just say, well, wait for the Holy Spirit. Well, he right. comes, you don't even know he's there. He's right. got us some way. Well, it, it, he works through He works through the, the love and truth yeah. model right. to bring us. But... Um, Beloved, let us love one another. This is First John, John 4, 7. Because love is from God, and whoever loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's our source. And, and so when you can't introduce them to God, the best thing we can do is introduce them to the concept of compassion mm-hmm. and to uh, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Christian walk with God, this is not something, all we can do is cast a seed in the ground, or in the case of the Spirit, all we can do is, is seek the Spirit, and, and respond to His seeking us, because I'm convinced that God is at work in this world, mm-hmm. that He is seeking everyone, anyone who will let Him. And Maybe a a little bit off the subject that I focus on, but uh, Sister White, in one of the signs of the times, I think it was in the 1800s, um, and in Patriarch Prophets, I can't think of the reference, but she really talks more about the Holy Spirit. And it really dawned on me, it is part of the Trinity, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, at least in my own mind, I don't think I've really given enough weight to what the Holy Spirit actually is, is part of Trinity. And everything in the Bible talks about the Spirit, the Spirit's on the waters in Genesis, just everything's the Spirit, uh, that this gift that Jesus left, it's, uh, it's much, at least in my mind, it's done, this is much more powerful. It is how we can sense the presence of God, is the presence of the yeah, Holy Spirit. It's, it's, but it's hugely powerful, it's not just, I don't know, some way I just didn't get the magnitude of the Holy Spirit. Ellen White makes an interesting statement because a lot of people see the Holy Spirit as the person of the Godhead that has no form and, and no personality, really. Yeah, right. But she she was writing from Avondale, and she said she this was a sermon she was preaching in Avondale on the at the college. She said uh, the the Holy Spirit is as who is as much a person as God is a person. Mm-hmm is walking through these grounds. Wow, it is, yeah. I would love to have been there and heard that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did have to send her to a foreign land to get rid of her, you know. She was creating too much trouble here. 
and she prospered there, and she, they created union, yeah. the first union in, yeah. in Australia, which we've been blessed ever since. Right. We won't go any further in that topic. Well, we just listened to a program about what our church and the physicians in our church are supporting abortion. Doug Basher got into the foray with that, and, and uh, that seems to be a, a movement going on. It's not a movement going on. What it is, they support abortion for a mother whose life is in danger. Or there's some some extenuating circumstance that requires it. They do not tacitly support abortion. Doug Bachelor tends to exaggerate. But the doctor that was talking, I forget, he was the head of Advanced Health Services, I think, for 20 years. And... Uh, in his comments at the meeting with the pastors there and Doug Bash and everybody, he was talking about how they were educated and it's logical. And I've seen lots of children when he worked at this famous pediatric hospital for a while. The children that are born with all kinds of maladies and so forth. And, and he made it more like it's practical. Well, you know, if a baby is born encephalotic, they can't but, live. Well, I know we've got all kinds of examples, yeah. but... Uh... We've had a, a wonderful statement of compassion and understanding for women in these situations that we've, has worked since 1992, and there's no need for a new statement. But it's an attempt to tighten it, make it more rigid, and deny women the, their choice. Yeah. I Anyway, we need to move... And are there any more statements you want to make about the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, I just find these verses actually really helpful in the context of, of the church right now because there's so much about trying to control all of all of the, the fruit of the flesh and there's making rules and let's, you know, let's box this off, let's not allow it. But in the, in the controlling of it, we're committing other... Sins of the flesh, and I love the kind of step back. And instead of, my mom always tries to say, we're not making no statements. We're giving, you know, you go around it and you come up with the positive. What are we doing instead? What's the positive focus instead of the don't? And that's exactly that's exactly what Paul does, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and he I could have taken these to task and say, don't. He he does say don't do them, but he doesn't yeah. stop there. He says replace them with this. Yeah. I just got through reading the Pentateuch in my reading through the Bible, and when you start, when you finally get the, you know, I'm through the laws, check check. It's a breath of fresh air to read Paul's idea, where instead of saying, no, not this, we're you know, all the rules are very cut and dry, and it's a no society. This is a yes society. Just you know, seek the fruit of the spirit and. It's not about the legislation. You, you point out something very interesting, because if we were doing this, our tendency would be to say, so the works of the Spirit are uh, sexual purity. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, not worshiping idols. Uh, not doing sorcery. Right. Not, doing, not being at enmity, being at peace. Um, stop your quarreling. Stop your sentences. We would do it all in that manner. And instead, Paul says, this is what you really should look at. He gives a positive mm-hmm. outlook. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was yes. very helpful. I mean, it's just use, useful because even in our context, like in society as a student, all of our syllabus is don't do 
you know, dishonesty, um, academic dishonesty, don't do this, instead of get some sleep, eat well, and study, and it'll work. So that's, yeah. Fun. Thank you. Fun. You've, you've yeah. uh, given me some food for fodder for <laughs> one of my classes I teach this coming week. Oh, cool. okay. <laughs> um, there is one thing, a couple of things that you've mentioned as far as you know our tendency. Of, well, one was when you were mentioning that on this list there doesn't really seem to be a hierarchy. That there's just all these different things, and some of which we view as being a, a bigger sin than others, mm-hmm. um, and then also in the tendency see to try and stamp out these things how we end up committing others uh, there was a really good book I read several years ago it's by uh, a pastor out in Colorado his name is Jerry Baker and it is called respectable sins um, and basically what he's gone through and the premise of the book was how that you know over time that the the church tends to pick out their kind of hobby sin or whatever what are they going to focus on you know back in the 50s it was divorce currently it's homosexuality mm-hmm. um you know whatever it is that they they they, they just go all guns blazing on that thing because that's they something can... they're not doing exactly yes. um but <laughs> then um but then there are these other things that they're very comfortable with living with and, and he goes through these various things whether it be envy or gossip or different things and and actually going through and really getting into what it is and the ways that it shows up and and as i go through it was actually very disconcerting um to realize just how embedded these things are and how comfortable i was with these things not even recognizing it as being a problem um and yet you know, he's so, so quick to turn and point and say, well, but I'm not doing that. Well, you look at this list and it doesn't look like it really matters. You, 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 you mess up on any one and you're guilty of all. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine getting through this list without feeling, finding guilt <laughs> if you're really honest. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so the other thing is Paul, we know, is really educated, right? Mm-hmm. What I did know is he was a neurobiologist. <laughs> Because what he say, all that now we know in the brain what it does when you do all the fruits of the spirits and you're, that's your focus and tremendous change in the brain. You know, if nothing else, that's true. Uh, if nothing else, if we find ourselves disengaged from the fruit of the spirit, it doesn't make any sense to us. Yeah, to design. Then, then we know we're back up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, where it ties into contemporary psychology, because mm-hmm. the brain needs this, right, and right. you don't have to, with a with an atheist, you don't have to say, this is your need for God, right. but they do understand that the brain needs that right. sort of nurture. Right. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Cool. And I was just, when you said respectable sins, it made me think of, like, the whole differentiation between white-collar crimes mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that whole idea, like, we even separate those kinds of things in, in culture. But these are, like, I think, I don't know why we have a hard time with, like, what, principles versus do or not do. Yeah, principles because, versus rules. Yeah, because we're, we're doing-type people, or, or we don't acknowledge that by being who we are at the core, like as a person, you know, we don't talk about that or, or find fulfillment in that or, or I don't know, but because I think that's a huge thing that we don't, 
we are who like this just this morning I was thinking, okay God, you made me with my personality, my things that I enjoy and likes, and I'm like the only one that way. And so and you did that for every person because you want to show a part of who you are through me. Mm-hmm. Like we each can say that. Who I am, not what I'm doing, but who I am. And so I don't think we can grasp that or, or, or spend time there. And, and I think it's reflected on how we are very, like we don't value who we are as a person or, or we think it's selfish to think that something good about ourselves or some good quality, well, being so an encourager much. or being someone who really loves others easily and doesn't, not someone that, talks we're, about we're a, you know whatever on, like we yeah. don't we're focused on the what is the product we focus on the product right so people come and, and they say oh i want to be happy well, right happy is just the product mm-hmm. if you guess the way things are designed say in relationships you're out messing around with someone else you're going against the way it's designed mm-hmm. so you're not happy or if you go against what's designed mm-hmm. it's the product you don't get sawdust from walking out in the trees. You got to cut the wood to get the sawdust. So, but we're so product oriented, right? And it's See, so amazing when you think about if every person is, is a reflection unique. of Christ oh, yeah. through who they are. It's like, and, and we're not even close. And how many people in the world? I mean, it's yeah. just it's quite awesome, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. When we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we are looking at values, are we? Instead of rules. Yeah. And love, I think, is what enables us to begin that journey mm-hmm. of being that special person mm-hmm. that God created us to be. Because we all manifest love differently. Right. Uh, it all looks different with different people. And then joy, you could say all of them similarly. Mm-hmm. There is, for a person who's rule-based, they get verses 18 to 21, <laughs> the fl- works of the flesh. Mm-hmm. They get that. They totally get that. But when they hit the fruit of the Spirit, they kind of go to sleep. It's like, what? What is that? Um, because it's not a rule. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a set of values that we cannot control. And I, the, the question, why, why is it easy for us to pick on rules and do everything external? It is based on fear. And I've, I recently had a living illustration of that with someone I love who all her life has tried to control things. And now she's at a point where she can no longer control. And, and it, it had gotten to the place where she was controlling everybody around, trying to micromanage everything, because she was so afraid of, of losing her own personal control over her life. And when she finally realized that this was fear-based, this was about her fear, she had to let go and let God come in and help her. And, and and the world did not fall apart because she wasn't controlling it any longer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's 
that's the the problem that Paul has has to face, and he doesn't. In, and I think in the Greek language and the Hebrew language, there wasn't the vocabulary, and I'm not sure we have it in the English language, to really explain that it's not just opposite in terms of values. It's opposite in terms of mechanism, in terms of design, in terms of how it functions. That we can no more get the love of God in our hearts ourselves. We can only get it through knowing God, and knowing God is an experiential term. It is not a theoretical term. So we have to have this experiential relationship with God that enables us to get His love in our hearts. But I said it all backwards. It's God taking us on and filling our hearts with His love that enables us to have the fruit of the Spirit. It is walking in the Spirit. I think Paul would take us back to uh, maybe Romans, where he talks about walking in the Spirit. Volume 25. But again, we we always look at this from what we are to do mm-hmm. instead of what God can do through us. And, and someday I hope to get the vocabulary mm. <laughs> to be able to describe that. I think that's a good place yeah. to end. <laughs> Father, we are so focused on what we do that it's extremely hard to understand your work and your ways. Help us to, to take our hands off the wheel, to let you take control. And the way you take control is never an abridgment of our freedom but an awakening to who we really are to become our true selves. So that, as Susan said, we can reflect that piece of you that is unique to us. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.